Blog Talk Radio.
I'm thankful I got up this morning and got in my Bible and let it shine on me. Amen. Praise God for, for my relationship with my Savior. Amen. Uh, this morning, prayer request, anybody? I, I got one right off the bat. I just want to lift up. Um, I've got a, a good friend out in Amarillo. Uh, I've got a, and he's, his father-in-law is a, a pastor that I've known for a long time. And, uh, and his wife is, she's right on the edge of death. She's been dying of cancer for about, well, they give, they give her probably six, six weeks to live about nine months ago. And, uh, and she's just been hanging on and hanging on and hanging on. And, and he, he sent me a text and he said, uh, what do they call it? I can't remember what they call it, but it's uh, eternal restlessness, where she's just wild and, and, and he said it's like her body's just fighting off death, trying every time he can to fight off death. And, and it's very traumatic for them. Uh, and I just pray for God to give her peace. Uh, and uh, just, just pray for that family. Uh, they're out in Amarillo, Texas. Anybody have prayer requests this morning? Yes, Charlotte. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. Pray for Robert. I don't want people to have that burger and all. It's hard, not better. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Absolutely. Pray for somebody to get saved for him. Absolutely. Anybody else? Any other prayer requests? Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. I saw that. I think yesterday. Prayer. Yeah. Spoken about how COVID needs to be prayer. Um. I've got a friend. I I think I mentioned it. I mentioned it Wednesday night. That we were talking about Wednesday night. I had a friend that that, that died unexpectedly. He same age as me and his sister. Is in the hospital with some kind of bacterial infection in her lungs, and it's not good. And like she said, her uncle Roger, uh, who who we're very close to, um, he's he. Uh, how did it happen? He he he, he sleep apnea, and I know when that sleep apnea was. He's had diabetic. Okay. Sugar drops below, and Okay. And he was good while without oxygen. I think. I'm not sure what he's going to do. If he comes out of it now, he's definitely sick. Yeah. Yeah. Well, don't look good, but we just need to pray for that family as well. Um, God's good. No matter what bad news we got, no matter how many prayer requests we got, God's still good. God still answers prayer. God still does things incredibly well. Amen. Uh, let's pray for our country. And uh, I'm just going to be blunt about it. Let's pray for the deception, against the deception that's being pulled over our eyes in America, against all the things that are trying to destroy our country. Let's stand up tall and be Christians. Let's be believers. Let's show let's show the lost world around us that, that God's people still have love in their hearts in the middle of all this hate and all this bitterness. We, we've got to be the standard because nobody else is going to do it for us. So let's pray that, that God keeps us in his love before them. Amen. All right. Let's go to the Lord.
Number 31. Number 31. He hides my soul in the cleft of the rock. Valley of the shadow of death, and then God says, Look, I'll feed you. And I'll give you the 
I'll pour out my blessings in the middle of it. The enemy's going to watch you blessed in the middle of it. Amen? And that's the God we serve. He'll take care of us and give us a, a wonderful place in the middle of all the chaos around us. Amen? Turn to number 40. Trust and obey. Trust and obey. When we walk with us in the light of his word, what a glory he has brought our way. While we do his good will, he abides with us still, and with all who will trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way.
and I listen, and I, and I, but, but, you know, it's been a week. I dare say half the offer depends when I preached all last Sunday. I mean, it's just where it's just life. Uh, you know, things go on, we forget. So I wasn't thinking, oh, Grant's going to be on. Let brother love continue. No. See, God, God's involved in all this. And, 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 and we don't plan this stuff out. It's almost as though he was preaching my sermon in a way this morning, but not really. But we were on the same, we were, we were walking, marching around the same ground today. And that, that, that's, that's, that's our Heavenly Father's work. And he's got something evidently he wants us to get. That's what that tells me. God's trying to drive something home to us today. And, uh, and we're not going to look at much. We're going to look at verses 9 and 10. And, and, but before we do, I want to just, I want to just kind of, well, we'll do that as soon as we, we'll, we'll read and then we'll, we'll get back and we'll backtrack just a hair. But anyway, um, let's read verse 15, okay? Um, chapter, sorry, chapter 15. Let's start in verse, verse 1. We'll read down to verse 10 is what I'm trying to say if I get my tongue out of the way. All right, let's read there in chapter 15 of John. I am the true vine, Jesus said, and my father is the husbandman, which means gardener. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now are ye clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth, cast forth as a branch, and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye. In my love, if you keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come before you this morning, bowing, Lord, asking for your presence, asking for your power, asking you to speak through me this morning, asking you to speak to the hearts of the people that are assembled here before me, Lord, asking you to speak to those who who've tuned in, dialed in, clicked in, however they got to us, Lord. We're thankful that you're there. And we ask you to speak to them. Lord, I'm so thankful that I'm your child this morning. I'm so thankful to be washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. So thankful, Lord, that I and I have it all settled with you. Lord, so thankful that you called me into this ministry, called me to this hour. Lord, allowed me to live in this moment. Father, I know that it's all by purpose and by design, every single one of us that are your child. It's all by purpose and design. And, Lord, you've got a plan. Help us to see it. Help us to understand the workings of it. Help us, Lord, to see where we fit into it. And, Lord, I pray you'd help us and draw us to you, close to your side, that we might receive orders clearly. And, Lord, that we might feel the confidence of walking with you as we go about to act out those things. Father, I just pray you give us understanding today. Help us, Lord, to receive from you. 
And we thank you. We give you praise and glory, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Like what we were talking about just in Sunday school, I, I, we were talking about doctrine and, and, and duty. And, and I, I mentioned to Grant, I said, you know, to me, duty is doctrine walking around in Shuet. Taking what God has said and putting it to practice. Uh, we were reading our Bible this morning, and I was sharing with Jackson. We were talking about wisdom and understanding. Wisdom is the truth. Wisdom is is, is, is knowledge. But you know, you have knowledge and never put it into practice. Understanding is how to take what you learn and put it into practice. That's what God's trying to get us to do. He don't want us to just get all this lofty information and and, and just hold it in our brain. He wants us to take it and process it and let the Holy Spirit use it in order to express out of us the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why you and I are even on this planet to begin with. We're not here so we can leave our bonds. We're not here so we can hang something on the wall and say, Brandon was here. No, I, I don't really care about that. I, I don't care if anybody remembers my name 100 years from now. But I'm telling you now, if they'll remember if they'll remember how they used to be a guy around here that loved the Lord Jesus Christ, then, then I've done something. That's all that really matters for me. Amen? So I want us to look this morning at this scripture. But before we do, let's, let's look back. And if you'll just flip a page or two back for me, uh, back to chapter 14, the verse of it. And again, I'm not going to read all this. Just a quick synopsis. When Jesus starts talking, actually back in, in John 13, and again, a very quick synopsis. He's telling his disciples, down around verse 32, 33, 34, 35, he's saying to them, listen, I want you to love one another as I have loved you. That's the same thing that Grant was teaching on this morning. Let brotherly love continue. He said in verse 34, a new commandment I give unto you that ye love one another as, how do you want me to love one another? How are we supposed to love it? As I have loved you that you also love one another. Now, he's telling them that, and then he tells Peter, listen, Peter, you're going to deny me. But he tells them, he says, but don't be, y'all will be troubled. Y'all will be troubled. He's saying, I'm fixing, I'm fixing to leave here. I'm fixing to go to heaven. I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'm going to come back and get you. You know where I'm going. They said, no, we don't know. And he told them, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I'm the only way you're going to get there. And then he said, listen, if you knew me, you ought to know the Father, because I am in the Father and the Father in me. And then he told him, he said, you know what? He said, he said, if you believe on me, then greater works than I've done, you'll do. And he said, because I go to my father. And then he goes and he tells him why. Because I'm going to send you another comforter, and he's going to be in you, and he's going to be the power in you. He's going to remind you of the things that I've said. He's going to teach you those things. And, and listen, and, and he said, and if you keep my commandments, if you do these things that I'm asking you to do, I'll manifest myself to you. Then we'll, we'll, we'll be there with you. We'll empower you. We'll lead you. We'll guide you. We'll speak through you. And, 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 and he, he said, we'll make our abode with you. We'll be there. We'll live with you. All right? And, and, then, he, and then he tells us, he says, you can have my peace. You can have a peace that's greater than you know here in this, in, in this world. And then he gets down in chapter 15 and he begins to tell them, listen, you're, none of these things are going to come from you. It all has to come through me because you're in me and I'm in you that I'm able to express myself and my love out of you. We talked about the vine and the branches. I've got a grapevine in my yard and I like to look at it because when I look at it, I can understand the scripture better because I mean, I'm looking at it. I mean, I know these things, but as I look at God's handicraft, it's his, his the handiwork of his hand. When I look and see how he designed and made things, it reveals the scripture. And I look at those, I look at those grapes hanging on that vine, 
And and and, and I and I say, you know what? There ain't much to the Branson. There really ain't. I mean, you buy y'all y'all bought clusters, right? Since you sold before. Looks impressive. So you eat the grapes. Say what's left. And we're not impressive either. And I mean, my plan on saying this, I thought it would. We're not much to look at either. We're not impressive either. We're not supposed to be. It's not about us. We're just to be producing. Producing, hey, listen, the love of Christ. Producing it and it gets taken away. Producing it and it gets taken away. Producing it and it gets taken away. If we want it taken away, we won't be able to take it. Take it, take it. We can always produce more. Why? Because we're in the vine. But I want you to look to this morning before I just go off on rambling fancy. Let's get into Scripture. I ain't that long. Verse 9 this morning. The Bible says, As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. I think the important word there is that is that is that preposition there at the first, that word as. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Boy, that's some love right there. Let me tell you right now. As the Father loves the Son. How does he love his son? My goodness, how, what pure love must the father have toward the son? I can't even put it into words. You can't either. My brain isn't big enough to hold that thought. How much God the father loves God the son. But the way he loves him, that's how he loves me. That's how he loves you. It's what kind of love? It's called agape. He was talking about phileo this morning. Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. That's the love he was talking about this morning, but this love's even higher, it's even on a higher level than the love he was talking about this morning. It's a God's love, unmerited love, un, unmerited favor. That's where it comes from. God's love. Okay? He loves you with a love that is unending. He loves you with a love that is unmeasurable. He loves you with a love that is unconditional. As the Father has loved me, so have I agape you. I poured out the same love that was poured out to me, Jesus is saying. And he said, continue ye in my love. Continue. That word, that's that's a Greek word, meno. Continue. It means to stay. Stay. Say, when I think of that word, here's what I think of. I think of how much God must love me, how much God must love you. And I see us wandering off from him, and God says, stay. Don't leave. Stay. I've got everything you need. I have done everything for you. I have given all that I can give for you. Stay. I think of people who've been in relationships like that who truly loved their spouse with everything that they had, and they gave all that they could to their spouse. I mean, poured their self out completely. And yet that spouse walked out the door and looked like somebody else. What a heartbreak that is. Some of you live through it. You know what I'm talking about. How much God feel in those shoes? Think about it. That's what we do to him. God says, stay, stay, stay. Stay, continue, stay in my love. Stay, abide here. Please, don't go off. Don't wander. Don't go off and get yourself hurt. Don't go off and hurt. It, it, it ruins the, the testimony that we have. Please don't ruin it. And I say this to you 
loving us when we fall down. God never stops. No matter how hard we fall down, God doesn't stop loving us. The problem is, is that we are incapable of walking with him anymore until we get back up. It's not God's fault. God doesn't stop. He wants us to stay. When we fall down, God sees us falling down, and he says, get up. Come back to me. Come here. Get cleaned off. Get, let's get things right. I want you to walk with me. God wants you walking by himself. God says, Christ said, as the Father had loved me. Well, I have to think about what kind of a love is that the Father had loved me with? I'd say number one is love the constant love, wouldn't you? God never stops. God, God always, he's always the same. I'd say that because of that. Number two, I could say that his love is consistent. He never changed his love toward the Son. His love is compassionate. I mean, we see that. Christ said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So I, I, I can see from Christ that he, it's a compassionate love. And then I see fourthly that it's a charitable love. And we'll revisit them shortly. But it's a charitable love. I want you to turn your Bible to 1 Corinthians 13. Y'all know where we're going with this. It's the love chapter. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And I want us to look at this kind of love that he's talking about. Because, again, he says, as the Father has agape me, so have I agape you. So we're going to look at agape love this morning. And we'll see what kind of love that God wants us to stay in. All right? Verse, uh, chapter 13 and verse 1, Paul said, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity. That's agape. I'm become as a sounding brass. Or a tinkling symbol. All that sounds eloquent, doesn't it? Well, let's just bring it down to brass tacks. Though I could talk as fine as a man could talk, if I could talk with eloquent words that just rolled off my tongue like honey dripping off of my lips, if I could just speak the sweetest words to you, and if I hadn't got any love behind it, I might as well be beating on a trash can lid. It's not doing you any good. It's not going to help you. It's like listening to a politician. You come out of there just as broke. Probably broker. He said, No, I have the gift of prophecy. Oh, I preach, man. I preach. Preach the paint off the wall. Woo, yeah, get down with it. What good is that going to do? He said, I understand all mysteries. I read the Bible. Ain't nothing hidden from me. Now I can see it all. Clear as a bell. He said, I have all knowledge. And though I have all faith, man, you 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 model Christian there, aren't you? He said, but if I, so that he said, so I can remove mountains, I'm just like Jesus said. I mean, that's powerful faith. Ain't none of us done that. He said, I can do all that, and if I don't have a God faith love, if I don't have God's love, if I'm not continuing in God's love, I ain't got nothing. He said, I'm nothing. I think of all the super spiritual people that I've met over the course of my years. All the sanctimonious, got their nose in the clouds people. And I don't see no love. I see a lot of knowledge. I see a lot of a lot of arrogance sometimes, but I don't know how people love is supposed to accommodate that. I mean accompany that better. He said and, and Paul goes further and he says, and though I, I bestow all the all my goods. Give everything I've got to feed the poor, 
Let's go even further. Though I give my body to be burned, somebody else is cold, I'll just burn me. Burn me. I, I mean, you, can, you can keep warm off of me. Maybe that's what he's saying. Maybe he's saying something else. But even though he said, and if, if I do that, and I don't have any charity behind it, and I'm not doing it in the love of God, I'm not doing it because I love the Lord, even that's a problem. So he's worth anything. God to who? To God. And then he goes and he begins to talk about what God's love is and what God's love is. He says, Charity or God's love, it suffers long and it's kind. That means that means it's going to put up with more than the average person would ever think about putting up with. It's going to take being run over, mistreated, beat down. Talk to us about reputation smeared. Suffer long. Put up with a lot of things. And it's kind. Not hurt and mad and coming back and retaliating. No. That's what Jesus When they hurl their insults at him, he took it. When they spit on him, he took it. When they laughed at him with the lashes of the whip, he took it. When they mocked him, he took it. When they punched him, he took it. When they pulled his beard out, he took it. When they put the crown of thorns on him and beat it down into his skull, he took it. He suffered long. Charity envious not. Again, what did you say earlier? What did Christ own? Or what did one thing Christ did for himself? Nothing. He did it all for everybody else. He envious not. He said, love, love, love doesn't say, well, I wish I had what you had. No. Love says, I'm thankful for what I do have. I'm thankful for what God gave me. That it, it bonds not itself. It's not trying to get in first place. Look at me, look at me, look at me. That's bonding. I'm important. Love them by the way. That's not, and, and you say, well, Christ deserves to be there. But yet, that's not how Christ could work. It says it, it's not puffed up, it's not proud. See, and I'm going to say this, and I'm not, I hope you don't take the wrong way. Our world is in absolute turmoil, and our country is in turmoil. Our world is too, but our, our country is in turmoil right now, and I don't think everybody knows what's going on. And, and, I, and again, I don't want you to take it the wrong way, but I hear Christian people saying horrible things about the people that are acting crazy. And I agree, they're doing horrible things. I agree there are horrible people pushing these people who are mostly ignorant and have never been taught the things that you and I know, how to go out and, and commit more crime and do more and get away with more. I understand what's going on, but at the same time, everyone is in Jesus. At the same time, every single one of them need Christ. That's what's wrong with them. That's exactly what's wrong with them. They do not know the Savior. The very same, I hear people talk about in the very same tone of voice that I used to hear people talk about Iran, okay? Well, I'll just drop a bomb on my parents, sucker in no parking lot. Well, what about all the innocent people yet who don't, who have never had an opportunity to get the gospel? About all the people over there who've been seen lied to generation after generation after generation after generation after generation, generation, generation lied to. They deserve to get the gospel. I was no better than them. I was no greater, and they were, they're no greater of a sinner than me. 
That's to say, when you, when you got Christ's love, you don't think on those terms. Bible says he It does not behave itself unseemly. doesn't act out of character. Love, real love doesn't act out of character. It, it thinks it's not our own. It's not selfish. It's not easily provoked. It's not, it's not water over the chip on its shoulder. Think of no evil. No, it puts it out. It casts it down. It says, no, I want that in my mind. Rejoice is not an iniquity. It never lasts its sin. Real love does it. Rejoice from the truth. Why? Because love is about truth. It's about being your truth. It's pouring your heart out truly to somebody. No lying. Beareth all things. Believeth all things. It holdeth all things. Endureth all things. Why? Because it's love. And it's just, love says, I care about you more than I care about me. Love says, I'll, I'll gladly give of myself for you. When I married Stephanie that day, when we stood at that altar at Faith Baptist Church in Paris, Texas, when I took the vows, I swore I'd sit in there. Brandon quit being selfish. You've got to take care of that woman for the rest of your life. You can't just be what you want to be and do what you want to do and do it however you want to do because you've got another half of you. you got to love her. And I, I, I don't want to just love her with, with, with a, with a filet of love or an eros love. I want to love her with a God's love. Why? Because she's my other half. I want her to see the love of Christ in me. But you know what? Christ says that we all, everybody ought to see this. We ought to continue there. We ought to stay there in his love. And I'm, I'm, I know I'm busy for I need to get off this horse and get on, get on down the trail is what I need to do. But... Bible says charity never fails. That kind of love, God's love, never, ever, ever, ever fails. And God says continue. Stay there. Get in this and stay there. Get in the mindset that I need to love people the way Jesus loves me. That's exactly what Christ is saying. You love them the way I love you. I said, number one, his love is a constant love. There, there, there is no excuse for saying, I can't love somebody like that. Yes, you can, because God's love is constant. He never, his supply never fails. It's always available. If you look at your Bible in Romans, uh, in Romans chapter 8, let me see if I can find that real quick. Romans chapter 8. Verse 37 through 39, I said it's a constant love. Listen to what Paul said. He said, nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. He said, for I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. It is a constant supply. Nothing can separate it. Paul said there, there's nothing. So you can't say, well, I ain't able to do what he told me because, you know, it ain't always there. Yes, it is. Constant supply. The love of God is there whether you show it to others or not. He loves you. He doesn't change. Amen? He never, ever 
ever changes. And you know what? There's confidence there when there's when it's always available. You can say, you know what? Even on my worst day, I can get up and love somebody for Jesus' sake. Why? Because he loves me the same day after day after day after day after day. Every single day you live. There. God's not moved. Aren't you glad of that? Aren't you glad God doesn't get up on the wrong side of the bed and one day just wow, wipe us all out? I think God is an unchangeable God. And I have confidence because of this. Second thing I want to say on that, I just said a while ago, is that he's consistent. Consistently fixed, unchangeable. Thank God we serve a God like this. Malachi 3 6, I'm the Lord thy God, I change not, therefore you sons of Jacob are not too soon. God would have wiped the Israelites off the map thousand times over if he wasn't the same day after day after day after day. And he's done the same thing as you and I. Thank God he's consistent. We need to learn to be consistent. We need to learn to walk in the shoes. Amen. We need to, and you say, how am I going to do that? God don't tell you. He gave you comforter. See, all these things are adding up. All these things I was sharing with you a minute ago. All these things. This is one conversation Christ is having with his disciples on the way to the Garden of Gethsemane where he's going to pray and, dry, and, and, and sweat drops of blood going to fall out of it before he goes and it, 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 it has a mock trial and he goes through all the process to Calvary. I mean, he's on the way to Calvary. This is the, this is possibly the most crucial moment of his ministry. He's trying to impart these things to his disciples on his way out. Don't stop loving people the way I've loved you. Don't quit. It'll be there. Constant, always, my love. I'm never going to change. I will be there with you. I'll leave you a comforter to help you. It'll be consistent in your life. James one seventeen. Let me read that one to you. Talking about being consistent. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of life, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Consistent love. There is no variableness. It doesn't change. Neither shadow of turning. That means there's not even an indication that it might even possibly change. That's the kind of love that God the Father loved the Son. See, it's unconditional. He said, well, yeah, sure, he loves the Son. The Son is perfect. But he loves you like he loves the Son. Why? Because you're, you're covered in his Son's blood. That's why he loves you like he loves the Son. Because you're washed in the blood of his Son. Because that's why he bought you. He, you own to him. And he can't, God can't start being wishy-washy with you. Because if he did, he'd he, 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 he go against his own nature. There's no shadow of turning in him. I said number three, his love is a compassionate love. Compassionate, having a tender heart. Look to God, we all have tender heart. This world, this world makes you jaded. I realize that. It really will. It'll make you cold, unfeeling, and jaded. And if you if you look at it all the time, that's what'll happen. I tell you, the opposite happens if you're looking at this book all the time. This book will soften your heart. 
this book will make tears come out of your eyes. I can tell you, and, I, and I'm not exaggerating at all. When I went to the Bible conference two Sundays ago, or two, yeah, two, two Sunday nights ago, I, I went down there with absolutely zero expectation. I went down there expecting to be bored with most of it. I really didn't. I had none of the preachers down there. I, 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 I figured they, they didn't have enough. I mean, I'm just talking about me. I'm, just, I'm skeptical. I go somewhere, I don't know somebody. I figured they didn't have enough warm, keep chicken feet warm. Keep the chicken feet warm. Enough fire for that. I, that's what I figured. When I got down there, and I was pleasant surprised. God spoke my heart out of His Word. Now, out of His Word, I went down there, and my heart was my heart was dry. So it got dry. I'm going to tell you something. God poured out his love on me down there. And God met me at the altar. And tears began to squirt out of my eyes and I couldn't control it. And all the way home, God, God dealt with me. And I began to weep on the way home. And even since then, I mean, God, God, God grabbed a hold of my heart. Why? Because I, because I grabbed a hold of his word. You want, you want your heart to be tender? Show the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the picture of a tender heart. I want you to look at how God feels about us. Psalm 103. I'm over there if you got time. I guess you got time, don't you? Psalm 103, 13, 14. You want to know how God looks at us? Psalm 103, 13, and 14. The Bible said, like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth him that fear him. For he knoweth our claim, he remembereth that we are dust. God looks at us and he says, you know, I'm going to have compassion on you. I know they've got sin nature. And I know that they're in battle with it all the time. And I know they're going to fall down. I know they're going to mess up. I remember I just made them out of dust in the ground. I'm not, I'm not expecting them to be perfect. And I've never seen them. That points them to Savior. I never forget in 1996. I told you about when God got a hold of me and God run me out and, and I surrendered so God would live for him and I, I was going to quit running and quit doing my thing. I remember I was on the phone with Mom that night and I was telling her what had happened to me. And I said, you know, it's hard for me to believe it. And I'm still saved after all the things I've done. It's hard to believe it, that I could still be saved. And I, and I never forget what Mom said. She said, that's why you needed to save you to begin with. I, I didn't just need him back then. I still need him. You still need him. You, you still need a Savior every day you live. Because you ain't arrived. And we ain't achieved the level of love that God wants us to have either. We're not doing it the way God wants us to do it, to the, to the capacity he wants it done. We're not continuing the way he wants us to continue. We're not staying put the way he wants us to stay put. Are we loving constantly? Are we loving consistently? Are we loving compassionately? Are we loving charitably? I mean, charitably. It's, it's, a, disposition, it's a kind of disposition. It, it's, a, it, 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 
he's the opposite of having a bad temper. Some people are known for their bad temper, are they not? I mean, let's be honest. Hey, some people, you mentioned their name, and everybody goes, ooh, yeah. I want to be known for the opposite, don't you? I want to be known to have a, a charitable disposition. Somebody, when you get around, you go away from them thinking, man, I'm glad I see them today. That bless my heart. There are people like that. You know people like that. You get around them, you leave and say, well, that bless my heart. I'm so glad I ran to them. It just brightens your day. Why? Because they let the love of Christ coming out of them. That's why. Those people are continuing in the love of Christ. You know what this world needs right now? It don't need another politician. It, it, it needs a Christian to love somebody for Jesus' sake. That's what this world needs right now. That's the only thing that's going to fix things. You know what's going to fix the problem with race and police in the country? It's going to take Christian policemen. It's going to take Christians within the black community who teach what the Bible teaches and not cultural politics. It's going to take people loving again. That's what's going to fix what's wrong. It's going to take the love of God. That's the only thing that can fix any of this. And the reality is, you and I are the ones who have to start it. We are the ones who have to initiate it. But let's let's bring this to to a conclusion. I said it was charitable. Charitable love. 2 Corinthians 9. I'll read that real quick and I'll jump to 4 to the end. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 to 8. I said his love is a charitable love. It's directed by kindness, of a kind disposition. Verses 6 through 8. But this I say, he that soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. He that soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Well, it don't take much common sense to know if you've got 10 grains of corn and you drop 10 grains of corn in the ground, you're not going to reap a thousand stalks of corn. But if you throw a thousand seeds of corn in the ground, you ain't going to reap them. It's just you sow bountifully, you'll reap that. You go around sowing compassion and love and tender mercy, guess what you're going to reap? You're going to reap the praise. You go around sowing a fire disposition all the time, guess what you're going to get back? Guess what God wants you to have? He wants you to have his kind of love. He wants you to sow that wherever you go. He wants you to make sure and, and, and check before you leave and go out with other people that you ain't got a starfuss look on your face, that you ain't got a mad attitude because God is counting on you to distribute his love to other people. Just as the, as the disciples took the bread and the fish that he brought and passed it out and there was plenty for everybody, the same goes with God's love. God gave you, hey, God broke his love and gave it to all of us to take and give out to everybody. And there's enough for everybody. Verse 10 said, if ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide, but we're saved. We're saved. 
If you keep my commandments, you shall abide or stay in my love. Even if I have my Father's commandments and abide or stay in his love. I want to be in the love of God just like Jesus is in the love of the Father. I want that with my life. I want it so bad. Look back at what we were talking about earlier. I want you to turn back over to look at verse at the end of chapter 13 where we started reading this morning, where we started looking at one verse that I read earlier. It said in verse 34, John 13, look there real quickly. A new commandment I give unto you. Okay, what did he say in verse 10? We just read. If you keep my commandment, okay, verse 34, a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. Okay. Now, How do I love God? How do we love God? How, how do we express our love to God? How do I love Him? I cannot crawl up to heaven, get in God's lap, put my arms around Him, and hug Him and say, Well, Father, I love you. Say, How do I love you? Well, I tell Him. Okay? You can tell somebody you love them all day long, they don't feel no love. You know what? I can tell her all day long I love her, but if I don't, if I don't commit any act of love toward her, she don't feel it. I don't do anything to love toward her. My words are empty. Y'all agree with that? Amen. Wow, oh, that's true. Amen. Love is deed, not just in words. So how do I love God? I can't get up there and love him. How do I love you, God? Simple. If you love me, Keep my commandments. That's how you love me. Well, what's the commandment? Love one another. Because I love you. You see that? The Father pours his love out to the Son. And we see it in the Scriptures. And as the Father has loved the Son, the Son loves us with that same kind of love. And he says, as I have loved you, and when we're loving one another, that's how we love God. It's a circle. You see there? It's a circle of love that keeps going and going and going. When we're obedient to God, as we sang this morning, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust, trust and obey. Obey what? Love. Continue. Continue. Don't stop. That's your job. That's what God's called you to do. That's your purpose in life. That's the meaning of life. That's why you're here. Say, 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 say. Don't wander. Don't go off. There's danger there. There's destruction yonder. There's death over there. Stay. Stay. Jesus said unto him in verse 9, chapter 14, Have I lived so long time with you, and yet have I not known thee, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. Guess what? When folks see Christ in you, they see Christ. Jesus said, you've seen me, you've seen him. Guess what? If you've seen the love of God in me, you've seen God. People don't. He, uh, most people don't read the Bible. He said this morning, I think he said this morning, they see 
divided through us with a lens that see Christ. And if we're not staying in the love of Christ, how in the world are we going to be a good witness? How in the world do we have a good testimony? How in the world are we impacting the world of Christ? It's a question every single one of us needs to ask ourselves. Am I continuing in love? Like my wishy watch. I jump in and out like a grass soccer. Am I doing, am I serving God the way I ought to? Am I, am I pleasing Him with my life? It's a question every one of us needs to ask. And when we come to that answer, God will answer for you. And when He shows you, right then, whatever He shows you, respond to it. Don't respond to me, respond to Him. I urge you, please. This is the, we're in the last moment of, of, of this life that God has given us. I believe with all my heart. We're not far off from the end, y'all. We've got to step up and be Christians. This is the finest hour we're going to live here. Let's live it for God's sake. Let's make a difference. Continue in His love. Just stand here. Sister Joy and Jones the piano. We're going to sing 383 here in just a minute. But before we sing, I want to have a word of prayer. And I'm going to, I'm going to urge you this morning, if God's dealing with your heart this morning, come to this altar and pray. Let's make use of these altars. God, there's power when we kneel before God. There's power in it. God responds to our humility. He says he, he, he wants a broken and contrite heart. I urge you to do this to God. Father in heaven, Lord, we come before you throne this morning. And Lord, we plead with you the word has been preached. Father, we ask you to deal with hearts now. Father, we ask you for you. Teach us to continue in your love so that others may see you in us. Father, help us to obey your commandments. To trust you and obey. Father, we thank you now. We ask you blessing on us. Ask you to bless this invitation now for Christ's sake. In his name we pray. Amen. We're going to sing 383, Jesus, take it all. You come and do this with God. Right where you're at, up here, to all of you one.
and what it takes to have the fire of God. And, and if we're going to if we're going to do the work of God, we have to have the power of God. As I've said before, you know, what good is a vehicle with no gasoline? You can't go. What good is having lights in your house? There ain't no electricity that's that good. We need, I mean, we're like a furnished house with no power sometimes. I want to share with you tonight the secret to that power. And I urge you to be here tonight and let God show you the picture tonight. Because uh, he, he definitely used it to build with me. So I urge you to be back tonight at 6 o'clock. If there's any word from anybody else, we'll dismiss it. Please me out there the whole thing. Anybody? All right. Well, I love you. And I, I, I'll pray you to be back tonight. All right. Well, let's have a blessed evening. A blessed afternoon. Get you some rest. And I'll see you at six. All right. Hey, Grant, this minute. Hey, Bob, we just